0: ...means the ministry's interfering at Hogwarts. You're not going mad. You're just as sane as I am. I must not tell lies.
1: You seem to be laboring under the delusion that I'm going to... What was the phrase? Come quietly.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We are covering chapter 36, the only one he ever feared. And we are back to a normal-ish episode. (laughs) As you can tell by the laugh...
1: Elizabeth is with us. I don't know if episodes with me are necessarily normal. That's or why not. I said ish. Hi, everybody.
0: Ish. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just us today. <laughs> it's still a very action packed chapter. I think we both made the note like we thought this chapter would be longer.
1: It's a very short chapter. It's only
0: 13 pages, but they pack a lot into it. Yeah. Um, it's one of my personal favorite chapters of the series i probably have said that a lot but i really (laughs) mean it um these two chapters 35 and 36 i personally love because it's a lot of action it's a lot of wizard dueling going back and forth spells and all all the other things plus the setting is cool
1: whereas i'm like the emotional punch to the gut and the heart oh so many tears are shed
0: uh, so we will get into that emotional punch uh, because the chapter starts immediately right there. Mm-hmm. But we also obviously get the wrap up and the end of the battle of the Department of Mysteries. We also get a whole other battle, which I am separating the two. And you get the battle of you know the atrium mm-hmm. or just generally the Ministry magic, however you want to define it. But we do get those two battles. We do start out with that kind of gut punch of where we left off in the last chapter. And it just picks right up. (laughs) And I I still think it's important that you get Harry and Lupin experiencing this. The two people that have the closest connection to Sirius. Other than the person who did this in the first place, Bellatrix. Right, right. So you get those two that have that connection with him experiencing this loss.
1: Yeah. So we have Sirius falls through the veil, right? Beyond the veil. Mm -hmm. And Harry is just screaming for him and, and Lupin being like, you know, he's gone. He's dead. He's like, he's not dead. He just come back. And it's like, he keeps doing that. And when he finally realizes, like, oh, wait. If I'm screaming this loudly, Sirius has never made me wait before. So the fact that he's making me wait right now, that might mean that Lupin's actually telling the truth.
0: You almost see Harry go through several of the different stages of grief in like a minute.
1: Yeah, and very quickly, which is so sad. And I, I mean, like, I always cry at this chapter. And part of it, sometimes it's when he's screaming for him, sometimes it's... Imagining from Lupin's perspective. Sometimes it's even just Neville coming over and be like, I'm sorry, was that a friend of yours? Like, like Neville has no idea why this man's important to Harry, and yet he's still offering some comfort. It's like, <laughs> oh, there's so many tears.
0: So <laughs> Lupin is for sure on this. He I is, feel so bad for Lupin. He is so definite
1: mm-hmm. that
0: he's like, no, Harry. And he, he tries to say the word... Harry won't even let him say the word. Yeah. He says...
1: He's not
0: Sirius dead. is dead.
1: He's not.
0: Sirius is dead. And I'm wondering, like, with all this mystery surrounding the Department of Mysteries, hmm. do you think, like, Dumbledore did actually give them a rundown of, like, hey, this what is expect. what the, Yeah, this is what the Department of Mysteries is? Because how would Lupin really know?
1: Well, I wonder if that's part of their preparation that they had for guarding the department. I mean, we know that they had a whole bunch of maps that they were looking at at Grimwald Place, right? Like, And they would hide away scrolls every now and then. We know
0: that there were a lot of other high-level conversations that obviously we were not privy to because Mm -hmm. the kids were not privy to. Right.
1: Those extendable ears just could not pick them up. Yeah, I could definitely see them as as having insider information and knowing, like...
0: I mean, Moody was in order for a long, long time. Do you think he has any inside info as to how the ministry works, or...?
1: I still get the impression that, like, you have to be an unspeakable to know much.
0: So where are they getting the sources? Dumbledore. Dumbledore? Dumbledore Dumbledore knows all. (laughs) Dumbledore knows all.
1: The fact, though, like, that Lupin is able to hold it together... Even though you can also tell he is so pained by this. Because this is his last, like, real loyal friend that he has from his childhood. From his schoolhood. And he's gone. And seeing Harry's grief, like, seeing his own grief through Harry's grief has to be so hard. But he's still having to play the role of, like, almost like he has to be godfather now. Like, I have to protect you you can't go after him, don't go through the veil, like, you know, like, I'm here for you. He was, like, even after Harry stopped screaming, he's still holding his arm and being like, okay, just in case, I got you.
0: So, I'm going to run down the essential wrap-up of the Battle of the Department of Mysteries, and then I'm going to throw a couple of questions at you. Okay. So, you get Albus, essentially pretty casually, just <laughs> roping up the remaining death Eaters, which... I'm assuming there are still about nine of them at this point that he wraps up.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you so think I, the baby head one's there?
0: No. <laughs> so, so that's why I said nine. I think that the two that were eliminated early yeah, aren't there. Yeah. And I say n- that that makes ten still with us. But nine because, you know, Moody crawls over mm-hmm. to Tonks to try to revive her because she's still out. Mm-hmm. You get Kingsley and Bellatrix still fighting, so that's why there's nine, because Bellatrix is still fighting. Kingsley
1: takes uh, Sirius's place right away.
0: Yep. So Kingsley and Bellatrix are fighting. Kingsley gets bested by Bellatrix, Mm -hmm. which is no small feat. Mm -hmm. And then Bellatrix tries to escape. She deflects an Albus spell, which is impressive again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Harry goes off and chases Bellatrix to kill. Like, he's going to try to kill her. Right. Which... A little foolhardy, considering you just saw her best Kingsley and deflect Albus.
1: I get it as, like, it's an understandable emotional move. But at the same time, it's like, oh, this is so foolish. Like, you barely survived what you just went through. And every order member just, like, risked their lives. Your friends risked their lives in order to keep you safe. So now you're going to go chase after a woman who was able to deflect Dumbledore's spell slash killed your godfather, like serious, didn't just die for you to go get killed.
0: Right. Um, Speaking of some of the kids, he does run past some of them in the brain room who are still struggling. Ginny and Luna are on the struggle bus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ginny's a little bit more with it. Luna is just getting groggy, getting up. Yeah. Ron is still half giggling, but brain is not like Strangling him, which is good. <laughs> which is good. How, however, Hermione still unconscious.
1: Yeah, that is worrisome.
0: It's worrisome. She's been out for a long time at this point. Yeah. But here's the first question I want to ask. Okay. So we get Albus casually roping up nine Death Eaters, mm-hmm. including one that, if you remember, had to he had to ring back in. He roped him back into the the center of the the dais. Mm-hmm. So he's casually, you know, okay, swoop, and I got nine of them. (laughs) I'm sure it was a lot more complicated. (laughs) No,
1: I'm I'm totally imagining Cowboy Dumbledore. (laughs) Like, let's go with the lasso. He swapped the wizard (laughs) hat
0: for a 10-gallon hat. (laughs) Hey, y'all, I'm here. Um, Yeah. No, he casually ropes them all up, and I'm wondering if Dumbledore will have any real guilt after this, because he roped up a bunch of them, and wasn't able to rope up Bellatrix mm. before she was able to do what she did to to Sirius and now she's injured Kingsley and she escapes. Do you think Albus is like, the one I missed?
1: I think, without getting into spoilers, because I have a lot of spoiler thoughts on that question, so maybe we should cycle back to it, but I think he does feel Feel some guilt, but not for that reason.
0: Fair enough. I, if I were him, I'd be like, I'd be, I'd be like, okay, one, two, three, four. Wait, I'm missing
1: <laughs> one. <laughs> who am i missing? There's always one who gets away. Darn.
0: I don't know if I were him, I'd, or if I were Harry, or anybody else, or if I were Lupin, I'd be like, you couldn't have gotten her,
1: <laughs> really. No. We should definitely come back to this in the spoilers, though, because I, I do have thoughts on that.
0: Uh, I do have a second question for you. Okay. Because as Harry is chasing through uh, the rest of the Department of Ministry, trying to chase Bellatrix down. Inevitably, she runs through the circular room and out a door. And then Harry gets there, room swirls, mm-hmm. and Harry goes, where's the way out?
1: I love that desperation question. <laughs> He's just like yelling at How do room. I get out of here? Yeah. yeah. Where the, is the exit? And the door opens. I know. I love it. <laughs> That's such a weird quirk. I feel like this has to be the way that the ministry, like, the unspeakables go about their business. They, think... they go through and they're like, I don't know which door it is, so tell me. Where's the burning well, okay, room? Okay,
0: so it's such a simple thing. Mm-hmm. So is that, like, an insider thing? Like, the unspeakables might know this little, like hack, for lack of a better word. Yeah, you know? it's a cheat code. Yeah, it's a cheat code. Whereas other people are probably like, well, that's too dumb. Right. So they don't ever even attempt it.
1: It's so simple that it's stupid, but it's intelligent because it's so simple.
0: Clearly, I think the Death Eaters knew of this because they seem to move about the rooms fairly easily.
1: Which they would know because of Rockwood. Rookwood. Right. Rook- Rookwood.
0: Rookwood would definitely know that because he worked there and had knowledge. Right. I don't know if Dumbledore knew this, although the Order seemed to get through the rooms okay, but they probably just followed open doors and devastation.
1: Well, that or, I mean, we know they had invisibility cloaks, right, when they were on guard. So maybe they did sneak into the circle room and or, like, overhear it or something. I don't know. I'm sure they saw some things.
0: So I, I just thought it was kind of a weird quirk that you could just be like, the brain room, and the door opens. Or like, <laughs> the death chamber, and that door opens. Imagine
1: if you couldn't. Assuming. Imagine if you couldn't, and he just ended up right back in the prophecy room, and he was like, gosh darn it, this is where it all started. I hate this room now.
0: <laughs> so Harry does end up going through and finds Bellatrix in the atrium mm-hmm. of the Ministry of Magic, and Bellatrix stops to taunt Harry.
1: Yeah, more baby talk.
0: And you could point to, like, Bellatrix. You got still a couple of standing Order of the Phoenix members, plus Dumbledore down below. You should just get out of here, right?
1: That would be smart, but we have the opportunity to taunt a teenager.
0: She also has the goal in mind. She still has the ultimate objective in mind of, I gotta get this prophecy, and it's Harry Potter of all people following me. True. I can handle one kid. Right. So, which, I mean, she kind of does. Uh... She fires spell after spell after spell at Harry, who's dodging behind the big fountain with all of the statues on top of it, mm-hmm. which we'll get back to later. <laughs> the Harry's taunting her right back. But he uses Crucio for the first time. He uses an unforgivable
1: curse. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean he said it was he had this rush of hatred just flood his heart because he was like Oh, P.B. Potter, did you love him? You're I really, just, you're really I going just, back to
0: the baby sounds?
1: That's what she sounds like. <laughs> but yeah, like you just murdered my godfather. Yes, I did love him, so of course I'm going to feel anger. It's a very, very fresh wound here.
0: There is an important thing that comes from
1: this, though. She stops the baby talk?
0: She does stop. Well, <laughs> once, once he hits her with Crucio and knocks her off her feet,
1: yeah, she, she gets-,
0: gets right back up. But now now the pretext and the taunts are over. Yeah. Now it's time to teach this kid what an unforgivable curse really is.
1: She said you have to enjoy the torture to really cause the pain.
0: You've got to mean it. Yeah. You have to mean them. Pop. Yeah. And she goes and she tries it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, she does also throw in some taunts, though not in the baby voice, mm-hmm. so that she learned spells of terrible power. Mm-hmm. from Voldy. Like you really think you can match me. She blows the head off the wizard statue.
1: Yeah, I tried doing a deep dive to see if we could get more information about that time with Voldemort cuz it does seem fascinating to think of Voldemort as a teacher. It's kind of like the opposite of Harry leading the DA, like, you know, instead of defensive skill skills, it's uh, you know, dark magic skills. Um but there's really not all that much out there, so I guess if you are into fan fiction, write some <laughs> about it.
0: I think, obviously, there are levels to this. I don't think he's... Obviously, he's not telling all of his supporters this. He would only tell his inner circle of Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. And within that, I still feel like there's a hierarchy amongst even the Death Eaters.
1: Well, she called herself his most loyal and faithful servant. She's a little biased, but yes, yeah. <laughs> <Just a little. laughs> She's a little biased. <laughs> but, but yes. Uh,
0: anyway. Harry's scar burns uh-huh. intensely. He realizes Voldemort is insanely enraged. Harry taunts Bellatrix about it. And he notes a tint of fear in Bella's voice.
1: Well, question first. Did he. Was the scar pain right after he told her that it had been smashed? Yes. Okay. So. Here's my thinking, because Voldemort, you know, he appears right in the middle when he's like, oh, Voldemort can't hear you now. He's like, can't I, Potter? And he's just like, boom, right there. So my question of this, it's a very dramatic move to just be invisible and then pop up and be like, I can hear you. It's,
0: it's a cool moment because Bellatrix is, it's almost half responding to Harry, mm-hmm. like the first half of the sentence in the book is her responding to Harry, mm-hmm. and then the second half of it, with almost no transition whatsoever, is her almost talking directly to Voldy.
1: Yeah. Like, you had the word groveling on your notes, which is the perfect way to describe it. She's like, you know, please, please don't know, punish me. She turns from this
0: epic warrior, <laughs> insane, dangerous person, Yeah to very weak (laughs) and groveling, like, immediately. Like, that's a hard switch.
1: So here's my my question. I was trying to imagine, like, do you think Voldemort was just chilling there, invisible, waiting for, like, Harry to come up or Death Eater to come up with the prophecy and then be, like, dramatically reveal himself? Because it seemed like... You know, Harry shouts, hey, it's smashed, and then he feels the scar pain because he's literally right there hearing it from Harry's mouth and being like, that was not supposed to happen. Now I'm angry, and therefore Harry feels his anger. And then it's like, well, might as well reveal myself. So I'm like, you know, was he wearing an invisibility cloak? Was he, like, disillusioned? And if all that's the case, if he was literally just chilling there, then he should have seen the order run in. Or just, like, gone with his Death Eaters and taking care of business himself. He could have gone after the prophecy and touched it himself.
0: So part of me thinks he's not there. I feel like that scar would light up the minute he's in the same room with Voldy, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it's,
0: I, I feel like it's partially emotional. Mm-hmm. And partially, like, just the presence.
1: Like, proximity?
0: Yeah. Okay. Maybe.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So maybe Voldy through that connection with Harry that he utilized to get Harry here, mm-hmm. realizes, like, oh, this went poorly. Mm-hmm. And then shows up, gets mad, pops in. Right. And then Bella's like, oh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you think Harry just didn't see him pop in because he's hiding behind the statue.
0: But, well, he also, like, I think, it, I think it happened in a second where... Voldy realized, like, this did not work.
1: So where do you think Voldy was? Just, like, chilling outside with the Thestrals? He could have
0: been still in the graveyard. <laughs> he could have been in the graveyard from book four. True. I mean, one of the Death Eaters that got wrangled up could have just pressed their scar. Mm-hmm. And then he could have been like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> then got mad. Then popped it. I told
1: them not to summon me unless something bad happened. God darn
0: it. Yeah. Maybe. I, maybe that was it. Or maybe, or maybe Bellatrix herself did
1: it. Yeah. Uh, of just like, Yeah.
0: you know? I don't but, know,
1: but I like the, I, the, the headcanon in, in me likes so the idea of him just sitting there invisible being like, okay, waiting for my dramatic moment. And there it is. Okay, <laughs> I'm here.
0: <laughs> so Voli does enter the equation. Mm-hmm. And like we said, Bellatrix immediately begins to grovel. And she tries to warn Voldemort that there's someone down below that he should be aware of.
1: I love the fact that he's not even listening to her. And the fact that he's like, you know what, Potter? I'm over you. You're irritating. Just die. Just die already. And then he
0: immediately just goes to kill him.
1: Yeah. It's like he's learned his lesson. You don't need a whole monologue before you murder. Just do it. Uh,
0: So, we get the immediate kill shot that Voldy tries to send. And Harry is so like, I am... In a lot of trouble, <laughs> like
1: he feels like like he's gonna accept death. I mean, he and can't like, even
0: raise his wand.
1: Yeah, he's too depressed right now. And too much has happened in the past twenty four hours.
0: Who comes in to help counter this? Albus. Albus comes in, and he does some quick spell work. And mm-hmm. we'll get to Albus and Voldy and their spells in a second. But Albus does some quick spell work. He makes the wizard stat the headless wizard statue <laughs> jump in front of Harry.
1: Yeah, it's like a shield.
0: To block the killing curse, which it does successfully. Uh, Later on, that same statue ends up completely protecting Harry, removing him as far as possible from the the whole scene. Mm -hmm. You get the the witch statue ends up chasing Bellatrix and ends up pinning her to the ground, so she can't go anywhere. You get a goblin and the house elf scuttling to the fireplaces. (laughs) And you get the centaur, which ends up charging... Voldemort, mm-hmm. and then it ends up actually encircling the two, and we'll get back to the centaur in a second. <laughs> but we get some epic quotes from from Dumbledore, and yes. the first one is, "It was foolish to come here tonight, Tom."
1: I know it was such a baller move to just call him Tom. It is I love such
0: it. a savage move.
1: <laughs> and Harry notes that like Dumbledore is so calm as he's you know circling around with Voldemort. Like Voldemort seems more panicked. Dumbledore is just like, oh, we're here for some tea. Haven't seen you in a while.
0: Dumbledore definitely uses calm to his advantage. Mm -hmm. Because it's
1: unnerving. Like, you shouldn't be calm right now.
0: And Voldy uses just aggression. Yeah. Just straight up. Because he sends a killing curse at Dumbledore and he vanishes and pops up behind Voldy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that
1: killing curse hit Eric's desk and made a burst into flames. Yes. <laughs> Our poor security guard has nothing to be secure behind anymore.
0: And then it was Dumbledore's turn to be on the offensive. And it's said he just flicked his wand. Mm-hmm. He flicked his wand. That flick of the wand emanated a force that even though Harry was behind a statue, could still feel the hair stand on his, on end. Mm-hmm. As that force of the spell went by. To which, Voli was able to deflect it fairly simply.
1: Well, it hit his shield that he conquered up, and it just made this like reverberating sound. And it, he noted right away, like, you do not seek to kill me, Dumbledore. Like, he, this, he clearly understands what the spell was. It's not a killing spell. And Dumbledore said, like, we both know there are other ways of destroying a man, Tom. He said, there's nothing worse than death. You are quite wrong. Indeed, your failure to understand that these there are things much worse than death has always been your greatest weakness.
0: Yeah. So another instance where Albus is not using the Dark Lord, not using Lord Voldemort, not even using Voldemort.
1: He's using... <laughs> hey, Tom.
0: Tom. Which is such a... It's, it's a brilliant use of control uh-huh. because he's like, I'm not feeding that fear of you. Yeah, I dictate I'm not,
1: dictate I'm not afraid. I'm this. not
0: afraid of you. You can tell by my demeanor. You can tell by how I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And you can tell by the fact that I'm using the name I knew you by way back when.
1: It's such a power move. I love it.
0: It's a massive power move. <laughs> and um, the, there, there is some other quotes, though, That he used, including, uh, this is from Albus, Merely taking your life would not satisfy me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's interesting, Dumbledore. That's not exactly the most noble (laughs) of, you want to like break this man. You want to like shatter him.
1: I have a thought of what the spell might have been, but it's kind of spoiler section so we can come back to it. So I guess for now, think about what you think of what the spell could be. What that spell was? Yeah.
0: Um, I think it was just a spell to... I don't think it was anything other than just a powerful spell to like blow Voldy back, maybe disable him a little bit, knock him off balance, something like that. I don't think it was anything particularly grand, because I think this is still just the feeling out process <laughs> of, of, of each other.
1: See, I have a deeper theory this is a that is probably, you're going to call it a big stretch.
0: We're still in the whole, like, preamble to this fight. <laughs> like, we're feeling each other out. We're sharing verbal barbs
1: going back and forth. Yeah, if you're still talking, you're not fully fighting.
0: Correct. So this is still the, like, okay, let's see where we're both at.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Voldy does have the, the nothing worse than than death line, uh, which I think is interesting from Voldy. Mm-hmm. Albus taunts Voldy. Uh, Voldy ends up shattering the centaur because he sends another killing curse at Dumbledore and the centaur just jumps in front of Dumbledore <laughs> and takes it. And uh, they go back and forth. And there are some spells there here that are insane, which we'll get to in a second. Um, I do want to get to this point, though. At some point... And there are some parts of this chapter that I do not remember. Mm. And this was one of them. Where... Voldy sends yet another Killing Curse at Albus, and of all things, Fox comes in mm-hmm. out of nowhere, which we know Fox can teleport. hmm So Fox comes in out of nowhere.
1: He has excellent timing.
0: And saves Albus. How does he save Albus? Fox eats the Killing Curse, <laughs> opens its beak wide, and takes it right in the mouth. Mm-hmm. And eats this curling curse and then begins to reincarnate on the floor because uh-huh. it's a phoenix. So every time it dies, it just becomes reborn. A bird ate a killing curse. <laughs> How unbelievably epic is that? A phoenix comes... Can you imagine the if stories? If you're gonna
1: have a pet in the Wizarding World, get yourself a phoenix. Man, if I saw that, that'd be like the coolest thing ever.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's such a cool detail. And I feel like it gets glossed over often. Probably. There is a moment where Albus becomes scared in this whole encounter. And it's when Voldy disappears. And he vanishes after uh, a spell that Albus uses. So let's break down the spells that each of these individuals use. Voldy obviously uses Avada Kedavra early and often. <laughs> uh, he does conjure the silver shield that you mentioned early. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Albus has that big emanating powerful spell. Mm-hmm. You get the statue mobility spell that Dumbledore uses, which, think about this, making five statues
1: do independent thinking,
0: independent activities, Yeah, very different activities. All at the same time. All at the same time, while you're being attacked.
1: Yeah, that's intense.
0: Um, Then he comes up, uh, Albus uses a flame whip from his wand, which he uses to encircle Voldy. Voldy then turns it into a massive serpent. Which then he uses to attack Albus while also teleport, uh, disapparating away mm-hmm. so that he could attack him from high ground <laughs> with a killing spell. So you got both spells coming at Dumbledore. And then Dumbledore vanishes the snake, wraps up Voldy in a cocoon of pool water from the fountain.
1: Which Harry disguises like it looks like it's becoming a ball of molten glass. And it looked almost like Voldemort was starting to, like, suffocate to a degree.
0: It said struggle. It looked like there was a struggle happening. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Voldy vanishes from that orb, let's say. Yeah. And that's when Albus becomes scared because he doesn't know where Voldy is. And there's still a lot of angles at play that he can use. And... What ends up happening is Voldy uses potentially his scariest ability, which is he jumps into Harry. He possesses Harry.
1: Well, I think Dumbledore saw that coming, which is why he did get scared. Because he knows that this is a potentially life-ending experience for Harry to be possessed.
0: Harry describes it as a very intense uh, and terrifying And painful experience.
1: He knew he was dead. It was pain beyond imagining, pain past endurance. And then, as he's like being possessed, he says he's thinking to himself, like, "End it, Dumbledore. Death is nothing compared to this, and I'll see Sirius again." And then I start bawling like crazy because it's such a sad thing to be thinking about. But that's what saves him.
0: Well, so. He does have start having those thoughts of death is better than this, and you just mm-hmm. had Vol, uh, Voldy and Dumbledore essentially debate is death the worst thing, mm-hmm. and Harry Harry is like, no, no, I no. can
1: answer that question. <laughs> this, this is by far
0: worse. <laughs> yeah, They're like just just kill me already. Yeah, and so I think that there's that dichotomy just between Voldy and Harry happening in the same person. Mm-hmm. Then yes, Harry thinks of Sirius and seeing Harry uh, seeing Sirius again. And being with him again. Which, obviously, there's a love and an emotion there. Mm
1: -hmm. And for whatever reason, that causes Voldemort to stop possessing him. Grab Bellatrix and...
0: I I know that that's at play. And I know there's a lot of things at play. And Voldy probably isn't super comfortable in Harry's body.
1: (laughs) Who wants to be in a teenage state again? That's
0: fair. Well, maybe it was just thoughts of Cho. He's like, okay, I gotta fight through these thoughts of Cho. (laughs) No, but there's all of that going on. (laughs) But... There's also an influx of people that arrive here.
1: Yeah. They're coming.
0: Yeah. Harry awakes from this nightmare. And he's like, it takes him a second. But he realizes there are a bunch of people here that weren't here like a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Do you think, and as they come in, we'll get there. But, you know, they're saying, oh, Voldy, 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 Voldy. Do you think Voldy was like, you know.
1: (laughs) Blew my cover.
0: (laughs) I should probably get out of here. And just. Leaves Harry. Like I think if he had, do you think if he had more time,
1: he would have tried he would play this out longer. Yeah, he
0: would have tried to drag this out a little bit and torture Dumbledore with this
1: um, and make
0: Dumbledore do something. Or do you think the influx of people and he's like, nah, I got to get Bellatrix and I got to get out of here.
1: I don't even think it's the people. I think it's him thinking about Sirius and similar to back when he was, you know, a first year student of. I can't touch this child There's something about him that's too pure and innocent for me. I think those thoughts of, like, I am willing to sacrifice myself right now so I can see someone I love again, like, just please do that. I think that causes him to just be like, I can't be in this body. It's too gross for me. Get out of here. Well, I I
0: kind of, as I was reading it, I thought, this is kind of right up, Voldy's alley of like I want to make Dumbledore do something mm-hmm. that he A. doesn't want to do Right. and B. like morally would object to and well, I want to make him do it.
1: For the greater good.
0: It's almost like a Joker Batman Yeah. thing in DC where Joker never wants to actually kill Batman. He's just like I want to make you break every rule you have. Yeah. Like I don't even care if I win but you're going to have to beat me my way not your way.
1: You'll lose your morals. Yeah. yeah. And I
0: think if Voldy I think if Voldy had the time he would have tried to endure (laughs) and make Dumbledore make a tough decision
1: Mm -hmm.
0: like I'm gonna torture this kid for as long as I possibly can until you have to do something about it putting in myself in like Voldy's shoes I'm like I think he would love to make Dumbledore make a questionable decision
1: well I think that's why that's what he went to the possession was an act of desperation like he almost beat me with this water thing which I'm being beaten by water. Well,
0: it's your I know he's he's like You could be in... drowned and then you can be it's Dumbledore. He can make it like an unbreakable.
1: Right. You know. Right. But for Voldemort, that'd be super embarrassing to be like I got beaten by a fountain.
0: <laughs> I would still proclaim I got beat by Dumbledore. That'd, that'd go over but yeah, there but those spells going back and forth. Those are heavy. Mm -hmm. spells that are a notch above or two and it's quick thinking the counter counter back and forth of it all of Mm -hmm. like okay this was intense how can I turn this back on him
1: this is really good for Harry to see because it does show you like okay everything every survival that you have had thus far with Voldemort was kind of kid's gloves a little bit and here's one where it's like this is how fast you have to act if you want to survive against Voldemort. This is, this is what Dumbledore has to do. That means you have to do this too. And I'm not saying that Harry has done a bad job. I just think this is like an example of like, oh, wow, this is intense. And I can see how quickly he has to think and be on his feet all the time. That's good to know.
0: Before we move on to the, the wrap up, I do have to mention um, the movie Order of the Phoenix. As much as they just completely bungled the Department of Mysteries battle and how they failed that sequence,
1: you said that I think they did a pretty
0: darn good job here. The only the only thing that they really didn't do, they didn't do, if I remember correctly, because it's been a minute since I've seen the movie, but they didn't do Voldy's shield at the beginning. Okay, and they don't do the statues Mm. coming alive. And, you know, doing what they do.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably so would have been a lot of CGI.
0: That would have been a lot of CGI. That would have yeah. pumped the budget up even more. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that. And that's probably why they didn't do the Department of Mysteries as good as they should have. is, Which is budget.
1: probably why I don't remember any of the movie. Because I blanked it out of my memory.
0: <laughs> to be fair, though, this, <laughs> this Dumbledore-Voldi moment was pretty epic in the movie. And they still included some of these Dumbledore lines and. I can still hear Michael Gambon saying, rest in peace, Michael Gambon, but I could still hear him saying, it was foolish to come here tonight, Tom. Like when I read that quote, I hear Michael Gambon because, I mean, it, that was maybe one of the most dumbledore deliveries that he was able to deliver. <laughs> but yeah, so I just had to count... Uh, you know, Call the movie out for that
1: Well I'll take your word for it because I don't remember the we'll movie
0: We'll get to the movies at some point <laughs> But we got a whole lot of books to go So,
1: uh,
0: But anyway Fudge Enters the scene With a bunch of people including several Aurors I imagine And they all start pointing out Did you see
1: him? Did you see him? He, he just took this woman and left like, That was Voldy I'm so sorry but I'm just All I can think in this scene is just like Fudge you idiot You know, which I know is, is harsh to a degree, but he comes in and being like, oh my gosh, yes, there's Voldemort. Oh, now there's Dumbledore. Oh, Harry Potter's here too. And everything that I've been saying for the past year is a lie and all these conspiracy theories that I have believed are false. And just like, sir, Dumbledore told you a year ago, you could have avoided all of this. This is your fault.
0: Well, Albus puts him on blast. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because he, so he says a couple of things. Albus addresses him, says several Death Eaters bound by an anti-disapparation jinx mm-hmm. are in the Death Chamber waiting for you. Mm-hmm. He says, and then a couple of people like raise their wands, and a couple of people are just looking at it. Dumbledore, just being like, "Uh, what?"
1: Well, Harry said Fudge it almost looked like he was going to be like, "Take him!" He's like, "Sir." voldemort just left the yeah, department <laughs> like, but
0: i mean literally fudge has spent a year in his i know it's, it's being processing like, this,
1: this, this, this. Is, is crazy for him it's too much he doesn't
0: he doesn't say seize him even mm-hmm. though it's in quotes in the book it doesn't he doesn't say that
1: well, also because dumbledore like let's see you try
0: <laughs> the quote is from albus uh, yet another epic quote from him he goes i am ready to fight your men and win again, which he says in a thunderous tone. I believe is how they describe it. Uh-huh. So he looks in- he looks really intimidating. now. Yeah. everybody just saw Voldy in the same room with him. He's still here standing. Yeah, Voldy left.
1: Yeah, he fled.
0: So uh, Fudge ends up sending Dawlish and Williamson. There's a new name, Williamson, mm-hmm. to go get uh, the Death Eaters in the Death Chamber, and then Dumbledore goes. You will give the order to remove Umbridge.
1: Yay!
0: <laughs> you, will, you will tell your orders to stop searching for my teacher so he can yeah. return.
1: We want Hagrid back at Hogwarts.
0: I will give you 30 minutes of my time. Which, honestly, I feel like...
1: That's not that much time. No, it's not. Especially with Fudge. I could feel I feel like Fudge has so much to process right now that it would take just a good 15 minutes to be like, Wait a second. This whole time he's been back? Yes, I told you a year ago. But you mean, like, that you weren't trying to overtake me? No, I wasn't. Like, there's there's so much for him to get over that he'd kill all the time just doing that and then have maybe five minutes for any updates that Dumbledore would give.
0: Yeah. So I feel like it's a little dismissive from Dumbledore to be like, I'll I'll give you 30 minutes. It's the Minister of Magic. He does deserve a full brief. Yeah. Not a abbreviated half one. And I, I get you don't trust him yet. I to mean, be
1: fair, I think this is one of Dumbledore's little snarky moves. Of like, 100%. You are just discrediting me for a it's year. Very, you get a half hour.
0: It's very passive aggressive. I love it. But i am he's the Minister of Magic. He mm. deserves a full briefing.
1: I'll get it later. For now, Harry's more important. Is he? I
0: mean, he just... Takes a portkey back.
1: I told him, like, you know, it's going to go back to my office. I'll be with you shortly. Let me deal with this idiot, and then I'll help you out.
0: But I like Fudge calling him out for, like, that portkey is not authorized.
1: I know. But I like how he's, like, he's shocked to see Voldemort, and then he's shocked to see Dumbledore, and then he's like, Harry Potter's here, too? It's like, oh, yeah, okay. stuff was just going down. Come on.
0: I would be stunned to see a <laughs> child in this war zone.
1: Who do you think he was most surprised by seeing Harry. of the three? Harry. Harry? Oh my god, why would he be
0: there? <laughs> why should he be at the Ministry of Magic in the I middle feel of the like, night?
1: I feel like the logical one to be the most shocked by would be Voldemort, especially since you've denied it for a whole year. I feel like Harry would be the second most shocking than no, Dumbledore. No,
0: I... I... Considering the amount of devastation, he he winces almost and mourns the loss of the statue in the atrium. (laughs) Like, he walked into this...
1: Our beautiful statue. (laughs) No, he
0: walks into all of this devastation. Mm. And he's just like, what is going on? And how is it at the ministry, like, now?
1: Well, I still think it's funny that he finds Harry the most shocking of the three. That's not who I would consider the most shocking. You say that
0: because you have experienced four books of Harry being...
1: (laughs) In places he shouldn't be. At the epicenter. But he's heard stories of Harry being in places that he shouldn't be. Fudge,
0: we've had discussions on Fudge before about his justifications for what he's doing and the decisions that he's made. Yeah. Obviously, it's all led here where Mm -hmm. everything's out in the open now. Mm -hmm. And now... And this is part of the reason why I'm like Dumbledore. Come on, don't be petty now. Like, actually, like, get together on this.
1: Well, now there's all the cleanup work. We got to undo a year's worth of brainwashing and media bias. Then we have to literally (laughs) clean up the ministry because it's in shambles.
0: But yes, Harry takes the port key back to Hogwarts, and that is where the chapter ends. Mm -hmm. And that is where our non-spoiler conversation will end. (laughs) And we will be right back after this break with. A spoiler section. Woo! Please Alright, so we're back with the spoiler section of chapter 36, The Only One He Ever Feared. <laughs> Clearly, I don't think there was much fear going on here. I don't think Voldy was scared, per se.
1: I was going to say, I don't think Dumbledore is really scared. No, neither
0: of them are. I don't think either of them are, like, shaking in their boots that the other one's there.
1: I like them that the title is vague with the pronoun he. We don't know which one he is supposed to be referring to. Ooh, there's a take. <laughs> That's an English teacher take. <laughs> That's a take right there. I like that.
0: I'm all on board to explain, uh, explore that one more if you really wanted to. But um, we did have this a point where uh, Volley was possessing Harry, and I brought up the idea that it's there's a complicated amount of things going on. Yeah. In that sense. You were saying
1: there was an arrival of Fudge and a whole bunch of witnesses, and yeah. it was like, so you got, "Get out of here!"
0: So you got Harry being obviously very uncomfortable with Voldy of being in his mind and his soul and all of that, mm. and then you get um, what you're referring to is Dumbledore refers to that love that he felt for Sirius is what expelled Voldy, mm-hmm. and well, I can buy that. We are getting that from
1: Dumbledore. Dumbledore.
0: That's a Dumbledore theory. Mm. and
1: To be fair, Dumbledore has good theories. It, he's
0: pretty dead on most <laughs> times. But it also happens to happen almost simultaneously with everybody rushing in. And Voldy being like, do I really want to pick this fight with everybody now?
1: Well, I think... Okay, so here's why I am going to buy what Dumbledore says. I think if he had stayed longer waiting, thinking like, okay, Dumbledore is definitely going to sacrifice Harry for this. Like, he's definitely going to do it because this is the move that I would make if I were in Dumbledore's shoes. Like, he'd be waiting, 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 and Dumbledore knows what the prophecy says. He knows that he can't end Harry Potter and Voldemort. Like, one cannot live while the other... One cannot die while the other lives, or what's the exact wording? One cannot
0: live while the other survives. Yeah, we
1: haven't gotten there yet, so apologies for not having the exact, well, the exact wording. quote next. <laughs> but like, I think because Dumbledore obviously knows that this is not how things go down, he'd be waiting and be like, "I'm not gonna do this. I'm, well, I'm not gonna sacrifice he sent it."
0: The statues to go get people. So the longer he can drag this out, the more beneficial it is for him,
1: right? So I, I think like Dumbledore would just not act and. Voldemort would be getting more and more and more uncomfortable, and Harry, thinking about you know the love that he has for Sirius, is what makes Voldemort just be like, "I can't be in this body. This is like uncomfortable. This is the pain that Harry feels when Voldemort possesses him." And I think it's the same pain that we see from Voldemort's like warped child figure form when it's in Book Seven. Do
0: you think Quirrell feels this pain when he's possessed in Book One?
1: Probably not, because he's been corrupted more and more. And also he doesn't have... It still
0: can't be a comfortable experience. It can't be
1: very comfortable, but he also doesn't have his mother's, like, sacrificed blood running through his veins. Wasn't that the reason for book one, why he couldn't touch him? Yes. So I would imagine Quirrell had, like... You know, I was a good person at one point. But Voldemort comes in and corrupts him more and more and more. And then the drinking the unicorn blood, probably.
0: Okay, I'll give you that one. The drinking the unicorn blood probably does not help Quirrell's case <laughs> probably at not. all. I'll give you that. Um, but I'm just thinking about like how Dumbledore is... I don't want to say pulling punches, because obviously he's going at Voldy very hard. Because mm-hmm. you have to. You can't not go at Voldy hard. Dumbledore is not pulling his punches. He's attacking Voldy. Aggressively powerfully Mm -hmm. but Voldy notes after that first spell like weren't you going for a kill shot why didn't you go for that killing blow and they have that back and forth between death Mm -hmm. and there's worse things than death I'm trying to break you I'm not trying to kill you I'm trying to tear you down Mm -hmm. and Voldy I don't think really gets it
1: No, he definitely doesn't. I
0: don't think I even really got it until we got to the spoiler section right now. (laughs) Because I think he's not going for that killing blow. He's trying to first bind Voldemort with the flame whip. Then he's trying to encapsulate Voldemort in that pool orb thing. Mm -hmm. He's trying to lengthen this battle out. Why? He wants Fudge and everybody to come through those fires. He wants people to see this
1: okay i could buy part of that i that's why
0: he's talking he's talking at the beginning (laughs) he's doing the whole verbal spar
1: i have always interpreted it using book seven information when harry has sacrificed himself and dumbledore sees him and calls him like a brave man and harry is like completely perfect you see Voldemort's like horribly awful looking creature just laying there and and Dumbledore says like yeah there's nothing we can do to help him like there's no pity I always took that as like that is Voldemort's soul that has been so corrupted by the horcruxes that he has created and they, Hermione once said that like you know the books say that if you are to put your soul back together again, it's an extremely painful process, and the only way to do that is to feel that remorse for your victims. And I think Dumbledore would interpret that as like remorse is a form of love. Like you love your victims, you feel bad and guilty for what you did. It's weakness. And in, du- in Voldemort's eyes, yes. Yeah. But I think that's what Vold. I think that's what Dumbledore is aiming at with the spells that he's throwing at him. Is like. I know that what would be worse for you than death would be to feel all the pain and guilt and like horrors that you have inflicted on people, but feel it in a way where it's like you actually get the emotional connection of it.
0: See, I, I don't think he's trying for that because I think he knows Tom is, <laughs> is too far gone. So I think he's trying to... What he means by tear him down is maybe not him personally, Mm. but tear down everything he wants. Try to destabilize his entire movement Mm. by blowing this up right now. By getting everybody in, by everybody seeing him, being like, hey, he's here. Now we can finally put all this to rest. Problem is, Voldy's already too far along in his process. The ball is already rolling down a mountainside.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I I agree with you it's of elongating it so Fudge can see and witness like his own stupidity for the past year, but I also still think because he was saying that there are worse things than death, he's purposely thinking of what would be worse for Voldemort than death, and that would be feeling that remorse that he's never felt before because he's incapable of feeling it and how that would be torturous to him. Mm-hmm. Which he then does feel by being uh, within Harry, by possessing him.
0: I think verbally, yes, that's what he's trying to do and trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. I think his actions are to destabilize Voldy's efforts to make his kingdom come true.
1: So <laughs> maybe a combo of the two.
0: It's a little bit of a combo of the two. Yeah. Um, I will say also, since this is a spoiler section, <laughs> uh, that. That spell that Dumbledore uses initially when Voldy brings up the shining silver shield. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry describes it as a mere flick. A mere flick of the wand. Yeah. And this power that emanated from the spell is so awesome. Mm-hmm. It's because it's the Elder Wand.
1: It's well, the most yeah.
0: powerful wand that there is. <laughs> That's why a mere... It's, it's not just Dumbledore's. Dumbledore it's his raw is,
1: ability through the best wand you could possibly ever possess. It's it, going to be powerful. Well,
0: it's the power is from the wand. When you combine the power of the wand with the creativity and ingenuity and intelligence, raw, raw ability of of Dumbledore, yeah. that's a that's a hard combo to beat.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: So, uh, but yeah, that, that flick of the wand and boom, power <laughs> is, it's the Elder Wand.
1: Well, this time with reading it, I had an interpretation that I've never, ever, ever had before. And I think that's just me. I don't fully believe it, but I'm just going to say it anyway, because I talked about it. But I think that Dumbledore could have on his way back up, taken a little quick detour to that locked room. Which we know has love locked away in it, so says Dumbledore. And that the reason why I think of this is because he does say in the next chapter how love is a room that is the most powerful in the, the Department of Mysteries, and that's why it's always locked. So I feel like he could, probably not, but could have like stopped by the room and done like some gathered the power of love and just shot it right back at him and been like, Like, that could have destroyed him if if he had felt it. Do I fully buy it? No. Everyone, Dan's giving me this look like you're absolutely crazy. I'm just saying that it was a different interpretation that I've never had before. And I only think about it because he specifically mentions that room in the next chapter.
0: Elizabeth, this is not a Care Bears episode. (laughs) This is not a Lifetime Christmas movie where it's
1: love <laughs> I'm, just saying I'm gonna say i'm gonna shoot love and dumbledore loves his love we we know that that's his whole okay. theme throughout the entire series i don't do i buy it not really but i'm just saying it's a possibility and think, it's fun to imagine
0: i don't think dumbledore is gonna shoot sunshine and rainbows <laughs> at dumbledore at voldy and be like yeah this is gonna do it
1: i think he knows it would hurt him to feel that though jokes that's why it could be so strong
0: jokes aside Dumbledore ain't getting into that room of love.
1: You don't think so? No,
0: I don't think he. I don't think he has enough. So I think he feels a lot of shame. Him and his parents n- did not get along very well. <laughs> Him and his brother, not exactly on the best of terms. Uh-huh. And his one true love, Grindelwald. They're not on the best terms either. <laughs> well, so,
1: Dan, what is grief if not love persevering?
0: Wow, you're going to use a vision
1: quote? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was a great quote.
0: You're going to use a vision quote against me.
1: Marvel wins.
0: Marvel. (laughs) Um, But all of our theories on how to get into that room, I don't think right now, I don't think he's feeling that. A lot of regret.
1: I think it could be. There's levels of unrequited love or regretful love, and it doesn't even have to be romantic. It could be familial.
0: Regardless, I don't foresee Dumbledore shooting a beam of love.
1: <laughs> I can't. At I Voldy. don't fully buy it. This is just the first That's, time. This is the first time the thought has ever crossed my mind. So I had to share so now it. Now I'm
0: thinking the way to beat Voldy is just come on, Tom, bring it in, <laughs> bring in for it a hug. hug. <laughs>
1: bring it in for a hug.
0: Do you think it's interesting that Voldy? <laughs> Does take the time to save Bellatrix?
1: Yeah, I mean, if if we're gonna take her at her word that she's the most loyal, I could see it. I could also see it as he knows the rest of his Death Eaters are kind of detained at the moment, so might as well take the only one you got.
0: <laughs> like it's like the only one, the only ones that are left are like Goyle, <laughs> Goyle, uh, who is it? Goyle Rowell. Probably, because he's not here. Pettigrew. Pettigrew, (laughs) you're right. So it's like those three hanging back (laughs) with him in the graveyard, and he's like, no, 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 I really need her. Yeah. I I need at least one that I can go to.
1: I need the crazy person to do me well.
0: Yeah, I need at least one. Yeah. Because all of my other A-team members are currently roped together.
1: (laughs) I do feel... Okay, I don't feel bad for Bellatrix, but I can imagine them leaving the ministry, going home, and her being like, "Oh, I need to get out of the way. He is not happy right now, and if I want to keep my life, oh, she's being life, punished. Later. Yeah, she's being punished, and I know to some degree she probably feels like she deserves it. But at the same time, like his his rage would be hardcore. Like he need to get out of there. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have anything else for the spoilers?" Any more Care Bear powers that you want to elaborate on?
1: <laughs> well, not necessarily Care Bear, I guess. But since you kind of bring it up with love. Um, we know in book seven we see Sirius again. And I do find it interesting that he quotes as saying like, dying is quicker and easier than falling asleep. And I kind of have to laugh a little bit because like, well, your death was. <laughs> I don't know if everybody's death is. So,
0: yes, I get where you're coming from on there. But I think it's the actual... You're alive and then you're not.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: like that happened. I know that's
1: the point. Quick. I know that's the point, but I was like, sir, you fell through a gateway. You didn't get stabbed. I,
0: I, I always think about that. And I was like, so, unfortunately, I was in a really bad car accident years ago. Mm-hmm. And knocked me unconscious. Really bad concussion. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything from, like, probably an hour or two prior to the crash mm-hmm. until, like, hours later when I'm in the hospital bed. Right. And I'm thinking about that time, and I'm like, I can't remember the actual crash. So at some point, I was driving, and then I was out. Right. And that happened quick. Right. And, like, yes, I'm sure that experience was not pleasant for me, but the time that I could remember and the time that I can't is imperceptible. I have had that thought of, like, man, one day, it's like, you could be here, Mm -hmm. and then very quickly... Not not
1: yeah Yeah. and
0: even though that experience might not be the best sometimes i guess you like sirius said it's you're there and then you're not yeah it happens quick yeah so it's that's a very emotional scene and to your point that's what ultimately decides that nope sirius is is dead is gone yeah
1: that that is the the nail in julie's unfortunate coffin of He's somewhere out there. No, he—he's dead.
0: He—he's officially gone because obviously Harry uses the Resurrection Stone, right. to bring him back. Yeah. So, which then I guess I like that idea that you had, or I guess fans have mm-hmm. had, where it's like the Death Chamber is where ghosts come from mm-hmm. because you know you hear the voices and stuff.
1: We did get a Twitter comment. That was theorizing that the veil is like the portal to some other dimension or world. And it is kind of interesting to think that just on the other side of this little gateway, there's like everybody there just hanging out, having their own little death day party.
0: It's a one way portal, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Anything else you got for spoilers?
1: Uh, I'm so ready for the next chapter because the emotional punch, like while this one was emotional punch, the next chapter just kills me. The angst and the screaming. It's the pain that comes real. It's so hard to listen to and read.
0: Yeah. It's, I think, I think these three chapters, 35, 36, 37 Mm -hmm. are some of the best in the series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think a lot of real was put into it in that, yeah. like that raw emotion
1: yeah.
0: of fear, anxiety, panic, guilt, guilt, yeah, depression, Lost. anxiety, like all of these things are really manifested. And it's all through three chapters that honestly aren't even
1: that long. And every time I read it, like I know it's coming and it still gets me, still hits me hard every single time. I love this book. (laughs) Me
0: too. It's such a good book. And unfortunately, we're getting to the end of it. And we're going to be starting up book six here very shortly. Yeah. Uh,
1: Just a few short weeks. Yeah.
0: With that, we will end the conversation here. Please let us know what you think by commenting on our Twitter and Instagram. Also, leave a comment on Spotify. Participate in our polls on Spotify. And uh, we have a couple of good ones up here recently, so I'm really intrigued to see what some of those results are. Hmm. So let us know. Um, If you want, you can click a link and leave a voice message so your voice can appear on the podcast. We are trying to get that started up. And then also, you can leave a donation by clicking on the Support This Podcast link that we also have wherever you're listening. You could donate financially to us. It's a lot of time and effort that goes into these. We really appreciate any support. Um, Also, if you don't want to do that, just share, like, comment, uh, it really helps us grow and continue to grow so our voices can be heard talking about Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> and we can hear from you with your opinions on Harry Potter.
0: Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at pod.